Hey, Doc Danny here, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. I know there's plenty of other things that you could be consuming or listening to right now, so I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you listen on a regular basis, I really appreciate that as well. Look, the times have uh, changed a little bit. Everyone is trying to scramble to figure out how they can move their clinical skill set online. And this is something that we've done for years. And we've been sharing this with countless practitioners by jumping on calls with them and trying to help them strategize on what they can do and how they can transition their clinical skill set online, which is very, very possible. So if you are in that boat where you're not seeing people in person the way that you were before or not at all, and you're trying to figure out how to utilize digital visits, uh, programming remotely, and figure all that out, let's jump on a call. 45-minute call. It's totally free. Head to physicaltherapybiz.com forward slash call, and we can help game plan how you can move your clinic online as well. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us, who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health, and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. What's up, guys? Doc Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and I get to have our mastermind MVP. We'll bring that up because you you earned it, uh, Andrew Millet from uh, Move Strong Physical Therapy in Hudson, Massachusetts. And uh, Andrew uh, has got a cool practice inside. Some of you might know Eric Cressy. It's actually inside Cressy Performance. Uh, so a lot of baseball, a lot of throwing uh, throwing athletes, obviously coming through there. And uh, Andrew is, is doing some really cool things in the cash practice world. So we wanted to be able to highlight his story. So first of all. How's, uh, how's everything via, you know, the, the global pandemic going on in, uh, in the Boston area? We're, we're, still, we're still living and we're still breathing. So like I keep telling people, I'm grateful for that because there's a lot of crazy stuff going around. So we're, we're, we're doing good. Thank you. It is, it is weird though too, right? I feel like, um, I don't know if it's been like this where you're at, but the weather in Atlanta has been amazing, like super pretty. And then, you know, but then there's like nobody out. It's such a, it's such a weird sort of eerie transition. It is like, fortunately today it's like 61 degrees outside and like sunny and like that feeling when the sun hits your face. Yeah. It's amazing. But then there've been like other days where it's cold and rainy. So, I mean, this could be happening in the middle of winter. So it's, it's a good time of year if we're going to have it. Good point, man. I mean, my, I talked to my brother-in-law yesterday and he's in uh, Chicago and he said the weather's been like not so hot there, but they live in a, a fairly populated area of Chicago, like in the city. And yeah, they're just, you know, they're stuck in their apartment with their, their uh, son and, uh, and that's it. And <laughs> they can't go anywhere. So he's getting like super, uh, you know, pent up cabin fever. He bought a, he bought like a water punching bag. <laughs> they got delivered so he could get some energy out. But yeah, it could be a lot worse, man, for sure. It's so, it placed but, a premium on like taking care of your health and like working out and like finding times to do it. And the cool, the blessing of all this, I got to see my kid like learn how to ride a two wheeler. So Yeah. Oh, that's huge, right? I mean, even Ryan, uh, my brother-in-law I was talking to, he's a consultant, so he's on the road. Monday morning, he leaves. He flies back Thursday night. He's done that for six, seven years, whatever it is now, like a long time. And it's, he told me, he's like, I don't know if I can go back to that. You know, like that stress on his body, he's, he's lost a bunch of weight. He feels better than he has in a long time because he's not, you know, on the road traveling constantly. So I think this is going to change the way people work maybe permanently for a long time. I agree. So we'll see. Anyway, let's get into, let's get into uh, move strong, man. So 
yeah, let's do this. I'd love to hear how you got started, why you decided to go into practice for yourself. So, so first of all, what, what drove you to going to PT school? So funny, like I never got hurt playing sports, like from youth all the way through high school. Like, you know, you got your tendonitis, like the little, you know, wear and tear type things, but nothing that like made me lose any time. And I saw like countless athletes like getting hurt. And I'm like, I want to be able to help these. Like they're my friends. Like, and you know, when someone goes down, it's not just them, it impacts the team. So that was kind of my first exposure to like, you know, getting into the health and wellness type medical field. Um, you know, grandfather had a stroke, so saw that side of it. Um, so I applied to PT school. I went to Springfield college, small uh, school out in Western Massachusetts. Um, and where it really came to a head with him, I was just about to like getting into the big, heavy PT coursework, tore my ACL. So doing what <laughs> I wish it was a glorious, like glamorous story. <laughs> I was literally like playing the day after Thanksgiving touch football. My coach had burned me on a play that like the play before, and they ran the same exact play, of course. So I'm like, well, I'm not letting this old guy catch it. So ran after him. The, the moral of the story is he didn't catch the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you lost an ACL, but incomplete pass. Exactly. I'm holding on to that. So <laughs> that was the first time went through rehab. It had a meniscus tear too, had it repaired. I was a bad patient, went through the full rehab, didn't do my stuff and retorted again, playing like intramural softball, nothing gl- like glamorous. Wow. Um, but I was already in PT school, like on the second time. And I'm like, you know, I definitely made the right choice. Um, and I was like, you know, I saw how the rehab went and I, and I, I had this story like, I'm, you know, going through an in, a major injury that helps me relate to a lot of our athletes and clients. Like sure. it's the only thing that I can relate to a 15 year old high school girl. Yeah. Like, oh, I tore my ACL twice. I get it. It sucks. So graduate PT school, <clears throat> you know, did, worked in the typical outpatient ortho practice, you know, throughout right after graduation, bounced around to a couple different jobs. As I was going through that, I was like whittling it down to more one-on-one and more like, you know, one-on-one sessions and focusing on like getting back to sport. But I found that the biggest hurdle like was that, you know, kind of that in-network like handcuff. It's uh, it was basically limiting my ability to, you know, get my athletes back to where their end goal was. So like that high school soccer player towards their ACL, like, I could only get them to the three month mark until blue crosses. Nope. They're functional. Yeah. And, and man, it breaks my heart. Like I felt, I felt it emotionally, like on my, like it felt like it was me going through it again. So after seeing that enough times, and I have a great mentor that is like a second father to me. He's like, Drew, you're doing great stuff. Like start your own thing. So push came to shove. And you know, about April of 2017, um, I had been training at Cressy's since I tore my ACL. So since 2008. So was working out there consistently, you know, you know, help treat some of their athletes, you know, at the different locations I was working at. And finally, you know, Eric approached me. He's like, Hey, we want to put physical therapy in here and we want you. And I was like, when can I start? So, uh, let's see, June of 2017, I gave my, my notice left in July, um, started doing home health to supplement my income and started doing one day a week you know, at Cressy and then built it up to two days and then three days. And then five months after starting home health, I gave, I went down to part-time and was there five days a week. And then 10 months after starting the business, I was there full-time and quit my home health job and, and we've grown since then. Yeah. And you know, I kind of alluded to this, uh, 
So we have a we have an award for our mastermind members. We track their um, change in their business over a six month period, and uh, whoever has you know grown the the, the most um, gets a championship belt. So they get the they get the MVP belt. It's a, it's like looks like a legit UFC belt. It's heavy. Uh, did you get did you get any trouble going to the airport with that thing? I got some looks, but they were good looks. They're Are like you wearing it. <laughs> absolutely. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, but like we try to gamify, you know, the, 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 the changes in your business. We know there's a lot of hard work associated with it. So, you know, we're all mostly of all of us are ex athletes. So it makes a lot of sense to win something. And, uh, so Andrew won it and it's because we've seen, you know, just a massive change you've been able to make with bringing people on and, and scaling past yourself. And I think that's one thing in a cash practice that I know for me, whenever I first got out, I was basically told, you know, this, you just can't, right? So you got to be okay with the fact that it's just going to be used a single provider. Um, you know, you're always going to be kind of be trading your time for money. And I kind of, I was fine with that in, in comparison to working in a high, high volume clinic. Like I would to take that all day, but, um, that's just not the case. And we've seen that over and over and over again. And, uh, and for you being able to bring on administrative support and another practitioner, um, how's, how's that transition been for you? Like which stage do you feel like has been the hardest getting started, kind of getting, trying to get your schedule full or trying to scale to get somebody else full? You know, when I first started, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be hard. But like you always say, invest in yourself. You can't go wrong. So it was hard in the beginning but hiring and bringing on people on multiple facets on why it's such so much more challenging and not because those people are challenging. I will have great people that work that we worked with like my, my client manager and my, my, my colleague, Jared, he like they're great people, but it's like when you have to scale and bring somebody else on, you're not just providing for yourself anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're seeing clients. So they're, they're also contributing, but it's like you're providing for somebody else. And that's a huge weight. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, if I don't hack it this week, you know, if I don't cut it this week, that's on me and only me. And, but if I, I have all these other people that work for me, they depend on the company as their livelihood as right. well. So it's, yeah. it's been definitely stress, good stress, but in pressure to constantly continue to provide a great quality product for our clients and athletes and try to mentor my new hire and get him up to where he needs to be as well as, you know, coach up my client manager. I think that you've also shown that, um, you know, you're somebody that seems like seeks out, um, help in, in a way where you, know, you can leverage it, you know, not just us, but, um, Jerry uh, Durham, who's, I think is one of the smarter people in our profession when it comes to, especially, uh, the, 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 the patient facing sort of interactions and, and how, how uh, we interact with people, how we communicate with people, the touch points we have with them, you know, clarification of all these things that, that if left unaddressed can be a problem. And, um, you know, your work with, with him in particular, what have you been able to adapt from, you know, his style to your practice you feel like has really made a big difference? It's interesting, like, when you surround yourself with like the mastermind group, and then you surround yourself with Jerry, when a lot of this, when people are saying the same thing, it must be true or sure. there must be threads of truth to it at the very least. And he's been with me from the very beginning from literally, this is just a side hustle to where we are now. And I've kept him on because he's, he's a valuable asset, just like the mastermind group. And he's really been, he's really placed an emphasis on, and as well as the mastermind does, but, and I'm saw on like quality patient first, 
as well as like the emphasis on your front desk person. Like he, I know he talks a lot about like the front desk and how they are like the linchpin to your practice yeah. and they're basically the face and getting them have that sales mindset, but also like hearing people's story. Like how, how many times do you go to a doctor's office and like, they ask you like an in-depth, tell me about what's going on. And I really pride ourselves on that. Like my, my client managers sometimes spend 45 minutes to an hour on the phone with people. Yeah. And, and she, I tell them like, that's okay. I want you to, because not many places are doing that. And it just, a lot of times in a society, just especially now with so much technology and social media, like no one listens right. and giving people the time of day and let them tell their story and listen to them is invaluable. So I, that's one of the biggest takeaways among countless other things we've talked about. Yeah. And I feel like you, you can't automate that. I think that's the reason why it, you just, you're always going to be, I mean, until we can figure out a way to automate that, like, which I think is be very hard. It, you're always going to have this advantage with people because you're willing to um, have a conversation with them, develop a relationship with them, which can, which can be really uh, slow. The, the people that your, your, your client uh, manager has had these more in-depth conversations with, how, how are they when they come through the door? Like, do you feel like they're just like ready to really solve a problem? Absolutely. Like, she and I try to tell her this as much as as many times as possible because you know in a business like you get caught up in like the work the weeds of like everyday stuff but it's like yeah. I try to tell her like all the time you are one of the most important people here because she sets the tone good or bad and she's great but when that person comes in they can be in a great mood or they can be in a terrible mood and a lot of times they call her not in the best place right. And at the end of that phone call, they're in a better place. And it makes my job and my colleague, Jared, our job so much easier that these people are ready to like make a change and, and help and help them take their life in a different direction. It, it, and I've seen it work on the other side, not with my business, but other businesses or, you know, previously in my career where somebody comes in in a negative or not great mindset and it's that much harder. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta try to win them over, you know, I, I would assume in, the the building that you're in um you know it's it, the the relationship it seems like could be like incredible right uh how, how is having a a, a office and a, a, a business inside somebody else's uh performance center they also has a, like a lot of name recognition like eric cressy how has that gone for you like what what are the pros and cons that you've experienced with uh you know being in a big performance center like that it's been great. Um, you know, I am always grateful for what Eric and his business partner, Pete Dupuy have provided for me and my team. And as well as like a lot of the people that don't get mentioned, like this, the staff that works there, they are unbelievable at their craft. Um, one, like I'm not by myself in an office. Yeah. Like I'm technically a business inside of a business, but I still feel part of that team. Like we collaborate on mutual athletes. Like I could be out on the floor with a non pressy athlete, you know, rehabbing them. And the coaches will give me the time of day. If I have a question like, Hey, how would you program this or that? And they'll just, they'll tell me right then and there. It's not like we're divided whatsoever. And I, I feel like we, we attend their in services and like we're part of the fabric of that facility. And it's, it's a great relationship. Um, one of the biggest lessons I I've learned from this, where we are, you know, when, you know, new business owners or people looking to go into business, they're like, Oh, how do I get into a gym? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, listen, in 2008, I went in there looking to train. I didn't go in there looking to say, I'm a PT. Let me work in here. Yeah. 
I went in there just looking to train and work out. And we got like on this level where they trusted me, I trusted them. And not as like what Gary V says, like 10 year overnight success. I don't consider myself successful. I still think we're growing and becoming better, but it took nine years to get to that point. Right. It didn't take like two weeks. So that was, I always make it analogous to like, and I'm married, happily married with kids. So don't take this the wrong way. But like, imagine like going out and like the first girl you see, you say, Hey, will you marry me? It's the same thing that you don't like make, try to make this relationship something bigger right away. You have to court them and like, you know, grow that relationship and, and water and take care of it. And I did that and it's worked out very well for us. Um, it's, it's great because all of us leave our egos at the door. Like whether it's, you know, any staff member or any other, you know, person that works there, we also have pitching coaches and massage therapists. So we all know what we're good at and we all are willing to help each other out. Like whether it's the pitching coach, you know, talking to me about this athlete's, you know, mechanics or me talking to the massage therapist or one of the strength coaches, no one has an ego about it. Like we're all there to, you know, help each other get better. And at the end of the day, help the athlete. So that's been another, you know, great upside to being there as, you know, obviously having access to as much equipment that we would ever need. Right. Um, it's, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't, can't think of any negatives. One thing I have to work on is that, you know, when I started my practice, like I never wanted to just rely on the facility. Like I, I, I was familiar with the area, grew up in the area. And I said, you know what, anything that gets referred by the facility is a bonus. Like I want to have make relationships with people outside of the gym. And a lot of our clients come to see us from outside of the facility. Mm. So making sure to continue to foster those relationships and also like letting those coaches trust me that those athletes are going to come back to them because I can only imagine, and no one's ever voiced this, that it could be intimidating where you're sending an athlete to another gym to see a PT, right? Like, are they going to take my athlete and have them train there? Absolutely not. Like you take good care of your athlete. I'm going to send them right back to you because they have a great relationship with you and they, they trust you and they trusted you to send them to see us and they're going to go right back to you. So that's something I've definitely had to work on too, to make sure. And it's worked out great, but it's, it's, it's been, I wouldn't say it's, there's ever an ideal situation, but that it's been a really good scenario for us. What have you picked up from, you know, Eric and uh, his business partner in terms of, you know, running a well uh, put together business? Cause it seems like at least from the outside looking in that, you know, they seem to have scaled multiple States. They've got online education. They have multiple different programs they have. They're working with a lot of athletes. Um, you know, unless they're really good at faking it, they seem successful. So like, what have you, uh, what have you learned from them on the, on the business side, uh, that you've been able to take and apply to your own business? Absolutely. I mean, I've learned a ton clinically from Eric, you know, ever since I was a PT till now, and I still continue to, um, but also like one thing, as you know, like in PT school, they don't teach about business. And I've, I've learned a lot from Eric as well as the staff, but also like Pete Pui is like, he's so smart on many levels, but especially on the business level where, you know, technically he doesn't have to like give me anything. I pay rent and that's, that's all like, yeah. he, and he could just be like, Hey, you're not my employee. That's it. That's the complete opposite of how he's been. He is, always open door, help me design my t-shirt. If I have business ideas, I'll throw them by him. Like he'll give me the time of day. And obviously we respect each other's boundaries of like, you know, if he's in a meeting, that type of thing, but he's been very helpful to grow our business. And it's, I'm eternally grateful for his assistance. And I think 
one, I mean, there's a lot of lessons, but I think one of the things to take away is don't just rest on your laurels. Like, oh, you've been successful or you've done well for yourself for X amount of years. Don't just expect that to, you know, ride forever. Like constantly striving to improve, looking at different strategies, different markets, like all these different things. Um, and Pete has been giving me tons of book ideas to read, like just on a business level or like psychology or like how to interact with people. And it makes me better because it's like, he recommended this book. You bet your ass I'm going to read it because I want to tell him how I thought of it. And we can talk on another level about that too. That's cool. We're, we're, um, you know, you brought up not wanting to be, uh, dependent on the facility. What percent of the, the new clients that you see coming through are coming from the facility? And then what percent are coming from, you know, outside of that, as well as the ones that are coming from outside of that, um, you know, what, where are they coming from? What have you found to be like sort of the best, uh, avenue to, to generate new patients? Yeah. So I would say approximately 20, 25% come from the facility and that's, it just, they're doing a great job training and keeping their athletes healthy. And, you know, like with any sport, you're going to get banged up. You're going to, you know, have wear and tear type injuries or, you know, traumatic surgical type intervention injuries. Um, so I would say that's about one of the, around the percentage that comes from the facility. And like I said, about 70 or I'm not a math major, but 70 to, you know, 75% are from outside. Um, and that, that'll wax and wane throughout the year, depending on, you know, injuries and stuff like that. Um, one thing that's really helped me, like I, by going looking outside the facility of like, you know, fostering those relationships with other personal trainers I've known for the, over the years and how I've helped their athletes, other sports skills, coaches, doctors, PAs, physiatrists, anyone in the medical field, massage therapists, you name it. Um, club teams, that type of thing. That way, like you're diversifying your referral sources. Um, just like you talk about diversifying your income from brick and mortar to digital to et cetera, diversifying your referral sources so that you're not just relying on one place. Cause I, I heard an analogy that where an independent contractor who worked in another, not CSP, but a different facility was like, if you expect to eat what we feed you, you'll go hungry. And I, I took that to heart, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was growing the, the business, I was like, all right, I need to really spread myself out and let people know where I'm at and, and really foster those relationships with other coaches and other practitioners and the ones I mentioned so that, you know, I'm getting, a, you know, from all different places. If you go back, say in time and tell a young Andrew Millet just starting out one piece of advice to make sure you could try to accelerate there, you know, his, uh, his business success, what, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. The one thing is like, don't grow too big, too fast. Like, hmm. so I, I, back when we met in Dallas, like, you know, I don't think I told you this, maybe I did, but I'm like, I'm getting that fucking belt. <laughs> no, you did tell me that. Oh, all right. Good. <laughs> so, and you got it. That's six months later. So, you know, I remember telling people how many hours and how many patients I was seeing or clients and they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy for working that much. And I'm like, I'm just trying to grow this so I can, you know, help hot to help more people. Because I can only help so many people by myself. If I hire more, I can help more people and yeah. grow the business. So I think looking back of like getting to the point where I'm busy, but also, you know, have time to like coach a new hire up and mentor them and, and not be so busy where they have to start seeing people too soon. Um, and I would say, I've, I've, you know, I've learned this. It just goes back to taking care of people and, you know, providing quality care and, and having great relationships with people. 
mean, if I came in and was a dirtbag and was not a good person, like, and I'm not tooting my own horn by saying that, but if I was like not a good person, like, I don't think this would have worked out. And a book that Eric recommended me years ago, that's still my number one is how to win friends and influence people. Great book. It's my top three and my number one. And it just, you just go back take really good care of people, treat, treat them how you want to be treated, like, and good things can happen. So I, I find that that's a big, a big tenant of, you know, what we do and a big lesson I've learned over the years. You know, I remember reading that book. Uh, how was this? This was May of 2014. I was, I read it while I was out processing from the army. I, I, I actually had someone else recommend it. And I was like, this is a, I got plenty of friends. Like, I don't need to read a book about <laughs> friends, you know? And, <laughs> and as you read it though, it's, I think it was written in like 1920s or something like that. Like it's so applicable to, to current circumstances of like, how do you treat people the right way? Like it really should just be like how to not be an asshole book. Like that's, that's probably it. You know, have you given um, books to any of your uh, employees like, uh, and, and, you know, kind of made a required reading of anything, of anything? Yeah. I gifted that one and I never got it back. So <laughs> that's, the, okay. that's the point. I, I never expect to get books back. <laughs> so I'll just buy, I'll just buy another one. And I have a tendency to take notes when I read to like, you know, go back to remind me yeah. of stuff, but that I've given, I've, I've gifted that one. Um, my new hire, Jared, I lent him F insurance. Yeah. He read that. Uh, drive. It was a drive. Yeah. Drive by Daniel Pink. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. I read that. That was a great one. Um, one thing I, I did this past Christmas, um, you know, when you're around great professionals, like the facility we're in, you know, I, I hope I can give them something back for all that they've given me. Like the amount I've learned and like taken in and just great relationships with people like, and you feel like you're part of a team. So this past Christmas, I, I, I gifted two different books that were both recommended by you to the staff. I gave Power of Moments and The Go-Giver. And, you know, it's, you know, not a huge ticket item price-wise, but it was just something I'm like, you know what, what I wrote, I wrote in a thank you note to each of them. I said, listen, read this book. If you've already read it, gift it to somebody else who hasn't read it. And I wanted the books to circulate. And I just thought there were, I've read the go-giver. I still have to read power moments, but I felt there were just so many great lessons in that book. Um, and that's also the go-giver's top three as well. So, yeah, that's the, that's the very first business book I was ever given. And, uh, I, I was, a I was, uh, still in school. Um, and you know, I was actually, the context of me getting that book, I was angry about it because the guy told me I was arrogant and, uh, straight up, he was like, Danny, you're arrogant. And, uh, yeah, you need to change that. And, and that's a hard, I, you know, I was 20, fuck, 23, I guess at the time, 24, maybe whenever he told me that. And, um, I didn't read that book for like three months and I, I'm at, I'm at his facility for a year, basically, um, doing a, my last year of school. And finally I was like, screw it. He's, this might affect my grade. <laughs> so I, I read the book and it's super short. It didn't take very long, you know, and, I remember going back and, and it's one of the reasons I'm so adamant about, about books because I feel like the right book at the right time for a person can be transformational. I mean, talk about like the cheapest way to change your view on things and mindset and, and, uh, and, and, you know, we, we sent out, uh, the daily stoic to everybody in the mastermind, like not knowing a global pandemic was going to happen, but right. talk about what a good thing to be reading right now. <laughs> like It's perfect. That's that book. Like, 
I, I mean, I didn't, you know, I don't want to ever say anything changes my life, but I would say that book, it just helps bring you back to reality. And it's like, you know, control what you can control, like yeah. really be, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, think of how you're going to react in situations. Yeah. Cause like life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. So one of my right. daily quotes I read and it's, it really just helps you keep perspective and um, realize how you talk to people and how you react to situations. And it's, um, yeah, reading, reading has been huge for me. Like my mentor told me read Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. And I listened yeah. to it on audio in three days and it's yeah. transformed our life. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I think that's one of those, yeah, people that, that uh, comes up quite a bit. Anytime anybody talks about debt or getting rid of debt, you know, Dave Ramsey, that was, that was one that, that we got into early on too. And, and um, I, I just think that uh, it's such a, such a cheap form of self-education and, and um, progression that, that you can do. It's, it's just a matter of if you're willing to put the time in, you know, and, and uh, with, with the, the stoic approach to things and Ryan holiday, who, who, everything he's written, I, I really like, I think he's one of the, you know, he's one of my favorite authors for sure. And, and his whole thing, I wish that, you know, uh, you know, this, this is going to be good for my son and my daughter because my parents and they're great people. You know, I, I had short temper would, would, you know, overreact about things like, and they're just like, Oh, it's cause you're, we're Italian. This is how we run, you know? And they, they would blame it on our like nationality from where my dad's family's from generations before. Right. So it, versus, something like the, a stoic approach of like, Hey, what good is that? Like, what does that do? Temporarily you feel a little bit better. Like, but then after that, you've just created a real problem for yourself versus right now, this is a perfect opportunity for people to really in the moment, like, Oh, there's a lot of shit happening that we don't know what the timeline is and who's going to be affected and all that. Right. So this idea of focus on what you can control, which I think is one of the underlying, you know, uh, tenets of, 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 of stoicism really it, is so true right now because you and I both have employees. We both have businesses. You know, we have families. We have all these things that we are responsible for, and, and leadership is uh, being tested on a number of levels for for everybody. Right. So if a if a book, if you reading something, and that, that that's like a chapter a day, basically a short chapter a day, if that can really help you get through a tough time, man. Like, what's the return on investment of a fifteen dollar book? You know, it's crazy. It, the key is like not just reading and investing yourself, but applying it too. Like. Yeah. You can read all the books you want, but if you don't take any lessons and apply them to your life, like what's the point? And yeah, that I don't have the excuse of being Italian, so <laughs> but it's sub any yeah. group you want. I think it could be like you're Irish, you're like whatever. It doesn't matter. That's too funny. But yeah, it's, it's just applying those lessons and and you know, constantly day after day, you know, refine and sharpening your, you know, patience knife, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. You know, I, I, not, not to stay on this topic too long, but like I've started, um, I've started giving uh, the obstacles the way to patients of mine that have like serious chronic pain problems. Like uh, especially people that have ongoing like decades uh, history of lower back pain. I probably, I, ha I used to have like 10 copies of it on hand. They're all gone because I've been giving them to people. And the, the funny thing is like, it has to be the right person. But the people that I've given that to, it's made such a big difference because now they're looking at this thing like, okay, I have this chronic problem, like my back is bothering me. But what it's, it's trying to tell you is you have a bigger underlying issue that if not addressed is going to lead to even more problems, as well as you avoiding things you really like and your health is going to deteriorate, your relationships are going to deteriorate. So guess what? Like the obstacle is the only path that you have to take. We have to get past this. And, you know, you get somebody to, to buy in on that level and, you know, and they're halfway there already, right? They've got to do the work, but man, they're just like, 
totally bought in. I gave it to one of my athletes who just had Tommy John surgery and he's had, you know, various injuries throughout his career. And I didn't want it back. Like I said, take it. This is yeah. yours. You know, read it. And he's home from college, got a lot of time and he brought it in the next session. He's like, here you go. I read it to cover to cover. I was like, you could keep it. You don't have to give it back. And he was, we talked a lot about it during our session. He's had a great mindset about, you know, everything that's been going on. I think that's huge. I think, you know, on the topic of mindset, that's one thing I just, I very much underestimated with business, you know, and I was, is like, I'll just, I can work really hard, you know, like I'm fine. I can work for a long period of time. I think my clinical skill set's good enough to help people. Um, but like the mindset side of owning a business is, is I feel like the most challenging part because it's so easy to when, if things aren't going the way that you want to, to kind of get down on yourself, like how, how have you, um, how have you focused on like not letting that happen and really maintaining a really solid mindset? Yeah, it's it re- going to business for yourself and you really question your mindset or your, <laughs> your personality. Um, I think, you know, not to, you know, boast the group, but like having the group has been huge. Like it brings you back down to reality. You know, when you can talk to people, one thing, you know, I'm a big routine person. So like, you know, I try to write three things I'm grateful for every day like simple things like my kids are healthy. Like I have a house I can live in. I'm, you know, my bills are paid, like simple things. Um, and just reading certain like quotes that are really like impactful every day to like bring me back. Cause it's easy to get negative. It's easy to look at what's wrong in the world or what's wrong with, you know, business or whatever, but reading those things helps, you know, steady the you know compass a little bit. Yeah. And, um, it's, that helps me put getting a good mindset for the day versus, you know, waking up, you know, late and rushing around and doing a bunch of things that are, you know, not routine based. I find having a good mindset just for your business helps keep it heading in the right direction, but for yourself, for your wife, your kids, your, your employees, your landlord, like all the different people that interact with you on a daily basis, having a good lens to look through, or at least, you know, working on it internally and, you know, showing people that, Hey, like I've got my stuff under control is huge because, you know, people come to us in pain every day. And I'm going to call, like I see it, like most people are not in a good place about it. They're negative, like, and having someone who's in a good mindset and in a good place, it doesn't mean you have to be like that 24 seven. Like we all have our pity party in our moments, but being that rock and that strong, you know, that person for that person who's going through a tough time, that can be huge. Yeah. And you don't always have to be like this glowing ray of sunshine, but just helping people like you're going to get through this. Like with that, the kid who had elbows are going to like, listen, this sucks. I get it. Never had it, but I get it. But you're going to get better at everything else that got you into this mess. And same when I talk to other athletes, it's just like, getting them to shift their mindset of like, all right, this is, it was a negative situation, but I'm going to put a positive spin on it. And it's, it's been really important. Well, I don't think you can fake caring about somebody else. Like that, that's, that's the one variable that I've seen across the board with all the different business owners I've had a chance to work with or, or talk to, or, or, you know, just, just engage on like what, what's working, what's not the people that are the most successful. They, they're the people that just care about other people, not, not in a fake way, in an absolute like genuine that we really, really care whether you get better or not, you know? And I think that's so obvious to our patients. It's so obvious to other people because I think it's a very rare thing. 
most people do not care. Like they're not going to spend 45 minutes on the phone with some stranger that may or may not come and actually work with them. Like how freaking rare is that, you know, for, for that to, to, to be in a business, it's, it's almost non-existing. So, you know, I think, you know, for you, it sounds like your staff cares a lot and it's obviously like, you know, a, uh, they're, they're following what they see on, on your end. So with what you guys have done and where you're trying to go, like what, what is the, what's the vision for, for move strong? Where are you guys trying to go, you know, over the next few years? Yeah. Speaking of that caring thing, like another lesson I learned from being inside Cressy was like, you know, going outside your comfort zone. Like we try to go to our athletes, you know, games or competitions and yeah. it's so rewarding, like seeing a kid who tears their ACL and they're back out in the field and some kid tries to take the ball from him and they get housed. <laughs> the kid, our kid keeps going. <laughs> that's great. But I would that that's been huge. But I'd say for the vision, like when I first started out, like I'm going to be like, Oh, I'll be a sole practitioner. I'll do my you know X amount of patients per day and I'll be fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I look back and I reflected, I was like, why did I get into this field in the first place? I want to help people. And I truly care about helping people get to where they want to be. And I said, it's kind of selfish if I only want to see, you know, say six people a day, hmm. I can only help six people a day. But if I create infrastructure and I hire a client manager and I hire another PT and have multiple PTs working for the, the company, we can help much, that many more people. So I don't ever want to get to the point where I don't treat anymore. Like I still, like you've done, like treat a couple days a week um, and, and help as many athletes as possible and, you know, active adults. Um, but like, I have big whys. I'm like, you know, I want to take my kids to school and pick them up every day. Like I want to spend time with my family and, and grow this company where we're still providing quality care, just like if it was a one person show, I don't want that to ever change. Um, even if we have like three or four full-time PTs. So that's the vision. Um, and I'm taking it one day at a time and just continue to provide that quality care and then grow it to, you know, to that point. Yeah. Well, it's been fun to watch, man, just to see, you know, where you guys are at. I mean, damn near like basically double in a year, which is pretty cool to, to, to watch and, and, um, you know, see everything kind of come together and all the infrastructure you have now, it's basically much of that hard work is done. It's just, uh, you know, scale to, to, to more service providers with the administrative infrastructure that you, that you have in place. And, and, uh, and then, you know, from there, any number of other things that you may or may not want to do, but I do love that. I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, treat as much or as little as you want. That's, that's, I think that's one thing that I get a lot. I get other business owners that are like, why are you still treating patients? You know, and I'm like, cause I like it, dude. I went to school for a long time and it's also, me sitting at home in my basement and, you know, just doing content all, all day isn't the thing that I also signed up for either. You know, I like a mixture and variance of those things. So, you know, the clinical side, the, I think at a certain point, plenty of people lose a passion for that, but, but they also don't get to work with people the way that we do, you know, where it's like lower volume, you get this personal relationship. Like th those are really cool things. Not, not, you know, from a, from a, just a satisfaction standpoint, not mon even monetarily, like it's just, fun to work with certain people. And the more we get to work with those people, why, why would we want to stop? You know? Yeah. It's, it's a great feeling. Like not just medically when you help someone get back to their sport or something, they feel good and they're pain free, but it's like hearing about their lives and like what they go through. They got married, their kids, they have grandkids. They had a kid, yep. like all these like big life moments that they get to share with you. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. And like the day, the charisma myth, like another one, like, you know, making eye contact with people and just yeah. letting them talk. And it's, you get to be, you feel like you're a part of their life. Yes. They're, you're their PT, but like, it's just, it's, it's an, 
I feel if I ever stopped trading, I would lose a huge facet of my life, like not being able to interact with people like that. Yeah. And, and also an element of the community. I think that's the other big part is like, you know, I can't go to a music festival in Atlanta, which there's like, aside from right now, there's one like every month for, you know, and different neighborhoods have their little festivals every month. I cannot go to a festival. I can't go to the grocery store. I can't go anywhere without running into somebody that I've worked with over the last, cause we've worked with like 2,500 people over the last, uh, you know, six years. And and, and it's cool though, because like I get a chance to catch up with them and, and see what they're doing. And it's not, I mean, there's plenty of people that I've worked with in my career that I wouldn't want to run into again, but very few of them in my private, in my cash practice, because you have a certain kind of person that, that wants to do that, um, to go that route. And uh, I, I tend to have a lot of, in common with them. So it's been a fun relationship to, uh, to have. And I'm sure with you, with youth athletes, like going to like a local football game or a baseball game, it's probably like rampant with, you know, move strong patients. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of people don't do that. Like, right. and I, I felt like I was so happy for my athlete, like any athlete to go to their game, but like so proud. And they like 10 months, you know, after ACL surgery, they're back on the field and they're, you know, first game. And it's like, it's, it, I can't describe the feeling you have when you're there and when you see them after the game and like there's the athlete and their parents are so appreciative. Like it's just, you go out of your way, like you take time out of your day to go do that. And it's, it's just an amazing feeling. And I recommend anyone who's, whether they own their own business or they work for somebody else, go out and do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, if you want to learn more about what you guys are doing, uh, check you guys out online or on social media, where, where can they find out more? Yeah. So we're, uh, we, we put out daily content on Instagram, uh, move strong physical therapy. Um, we're on Facebook, same thing, move strong physical therapy. Um, if people want to reach out to me, it's just Andrew Miller PT at Gmail. Um, we try to put out a lot of content and back to the same premise, just trying to help more people that, you know, I can help one person at a time on the table, but if, you know, 10 people read a blog post and find a benefit from it, then we help more people. So yeah. we're all online and feel free to reach out and appreciate the opportunity. It's been great. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's been a long time in, in, in the making. We definitely, uh, you know, have needed to do this for a while and, and, uh, it's just cool to hear your story. And, and for those of you that are listening to this and, um, you know, you're thinking, oh man, is it, can it, does a cash practice work? Like, yeah, it does. And can you scale it past yourself? You sure can, you know, and if you want to see an example of a practice that's, that's growing really quickly and doing just a lot of things, right. Um, go check out, you know, what Andrew's doing and, and, and take a look at their, uh, their stuff because, you know, they're on the path to really continue to accelerate their growth, um, you know, for years to come. So it's, it's been, it's been fun to work with you, man. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And, uh, guys, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to sub subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.